I think that Instagram is almost like a, the new Google page for your business. I think people will, are more likely to look at your Instagram or Facebook or YouTube almost before they look at Google for your information on your business and like to see if you're active and see if this is still working. This is Show Your Business Who's Boss. Listen in on behind the scenes, unfiltered conversations with my favorite business owner friends who take charge and make their businesses work for them. Don't just be your own boss, show your business who's boss. I'm Pia Silva. Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to make a quick ask. If you get value out of this podcast, please take the time today to share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Pia Loves Your Biz so that other people who might also benefit from these conversations can hear about us. It helps more than you know to get the word out. And if we're going to help all of these self-employed entrepreneurs start taking charge of their own businesses... I'm really going to need your help spreading the word. Thank you so much in advance. Okay, now let's get into today's episode. I am so excited to share with you a chat I had recently with a badass business owner, Talia Corin. Talia is the founder of Workweek Lunch, a blog and digital meal plan subscription that helps thousands of people all over the world master meal prep. I know Talia because her mom was actually my business mentor years ago, and for a while there, Talia was helping my clients with Instagram strategy. I could tell that she knew what she was doing even back then when she was just starting out, and I was so lucky to have her in my corner for those years. Well, that was a few years ago, and that was at the beginning of her Instagram journey. So her business is mostly built on the back of Instagram. And I know you are all dying to hear how she did it. So that's largely what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how Talia grew her following to 100,000 followers in 18 months, and then she doubled it, and then she doubled it again. We'll also hear the real secret behind dominating on Instagram and her best advice for you if you want to use Instagram for business. Few people really open up like this about what it takes and what it looks like behind the scenes. So I know you're going to get value out of this, even if you aren't on Instagram. Her approach and her mindset about it is universal to all marketing. So buckle up. Here we go. I've been meaning to reach out to you to have you on the podcast. And then a post that I posted at some point a couple years ago, like came back up in my group feed. And it was of an article that you had written about how you got to your first 100K followers in 18 months. And so I like revisited it. We'll talk about where you are now, but I revisited it and I was just like, oh my, and then other people were like, oh my God, this is gold. It was so refreshing to have someone be like, this is fucking hard work, guys. Like I got it because I did it. So tell us a little bit about your journey and what you started. You started with zero like everybody else, right? Like tell us a little bit about your account, what it does, and then what 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 that first leg of your journey was like. Well, right now, yeah, I went from zero and I'm now just under half a million, which is like, oh, wow, so, I'm so close. I'm like crawling there though. A lot, a lot has changed. A lot has changed since, you know, I first, that first 18 months of my journey on the platform, as you, you all know, you know, Instagram just announced that they're a video platform now. So there have been changes just like that through over the years and I've had to adapt. But there are a couple of things that have just like, always been extremely important when you're on social media, as you probably know, 
like having an opinion and not being afraid to, you know, share it. And also consistency. I think those are the two biggest factors, like no matter what platform, no matter what's going on with the algorithm, you can't control the algorithm, but you control what you put out there. I'm surprised you're saying that because your account, tell us a little bit about your account first, because I wouldn't think of it as being super opinionated. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. So my account helps people meal prep and we share recipe ideas, tips for food storage, like, again, not the sexiest topic, but hey, we have half a million followers, so people find it helpful. And I would say we've always led with value, so we always make sure that everything is very practical. And we are very opinionated because we are the only meal prep page on Instagram that is against dieting and weight loss, like against the culture of weight loss, not people who want to lose weight, just the, the culture of everyone should lose weight to be healthy. Like we're just against that. We're like, no. That's not I true. love it. This is not and how so, I want to live. So do you talk about that a lot in your posts? Yep. That is something we lead with pretty much. I, I try to lead within every single post. And also there's just an absence of nutrition. Like I'm not going to sit there and show you a blueberry dessert and talk about how blueberries have health benefits. I'm going to be like, this is delicious. Eat it. You know, like there's, because in the food world, everyone's always like, oh, I'm eating this like strawberry shortcake and strawberries are so healthy. Like who cares? It's strawberry shortcake. <laughs> so yeah. I love it. And it's at work week lunch. Everybody should go check it out right now while you're listening yeah. to this. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. I remember it was like almost like a hobby at first. Like why did you start doing this? Because you had your own account and you were an Instagram expert and you were even my ex- Instagram expert that you were like my hired gun I brought in for a client. Like so how did that client. happen? Was I? Oh, really? It was awesome. It was was pretty amazing. Yeah. So I started Workweek Lunch as a blog and Instagram because I wanted to start a business. I just wanted, I wanted to make a side hustle, side hustle money. That was, it was actually not a hobby. I just knew I could help people do this because I was at work and I was bringing my lunch to work and everyone was like, how do you do that? And and I was like, you don't know how to cook. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) So people, I knew I could help people and I wanted to, you know, earn money on the side. I chose Instagram as a platform because people were already posting food there. And I just knew my people, like my demographic was going to be there. So I ignored other platforms and just doubled down on Instagram. And I first started out with posting like crappy iPhone pictures a few times a day because, you know, you eat a few times a day. I had a pretty easy topic. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, it's hard because you're your topic of business isn't as like photogenic. (laughs) Yeah. So food happens to be very photogenic. And even if you're taking crappy iPhone photos, if you post meaningful captions, people will grab onto what you're saying, even if the pictures aren't that good. The first six months, I didn't take it very seriously, but I got to a thousand. And then I got to 10,000 six months later after taking it very seriously. I learned all that I could about hashtags. I learned all that I could about the algorithm, engagement. What what did you do to learn that stuff? I just like, I was obsessed with my analytics. So I would just constantly look at my analytics and I did research, you know, people were around talking about this too. You know, okay. people were with bigger accounts than mine. You know, I was doing the same thing everyone does, like Googling, researching and testing. Just Not testing, everyone testing. does that, Talia. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> people go like, it doesn't work. But do you were like researching, you're reading what other people are saying, you're testing those things, right? And looking at the analytics. Yeah. yeah. Not everyone yeah. looks at the analytics. How did you even know how to read the analytics? I mean, I think Instagram has incredible analytics. Like they give you does. these amazing free, yeah, the the information they give you is awesome. It's easy to see, like, okay, this gets more impressions, this gets lower impressions, this gets 
higher legs, it gets lower legs. Like what, whatever they give, they give too many. I think you have to pick two or three to focus on that you want to move needle on. For me, it was always impressions, reach, and I think like comments or kind of general engagement. So you decided I'm going to be serious about this. And in six months, you went from 1,000 to 10,000 using only white hat tactics. Oh yeah. I've never, I've never purchased followers. No, I've never, I've never done anything like weird. I never did follow for follow, like just following a bunch of people. So they follow you back. I never bought engagement. I've never done anything like that. I will say though, the game was different back then hashtags work differently they were in chronological order you could game them so there was a lot of that also you could post 60 hashtags you know this and, was and in that... when 2017 2000 yeah 2016 okay. or 17 yeah 2017 yeah. okay but it's always changing right like it would that and it was different two years before that too so you get to 10,000 followers and then what? How did you go from 10,000? Tell us what it looks like to go from 10,000 to 100,000 followers. What was that, like an 18-month gap or that was less? No, like it was less. It was like a year. Yeah. It, it was just like, I mean, I was I was on Instagram constantly. Okay. I spent, yeah. Again, I spent like did you dream about Instagram? Were you? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, I engaged a lot. I was very much always leading with value add. Like, how can I help these people? How can I solve their problems? Like their burning pains for around food and meal planning. I posted twice a day until I got to a hundred thousand, I think. Wow. That would also help because the more, yeah, I was on stories. I was doing lives. I was showing my face, you know, on stories, mostly not on my feed and continuing to test stuff. Things changed in November of 2017, they changed the hashtag. So that's so that that hashtag gaming thing didn't last long, you know, and I had to adapt uh-huh. even then. But I think the biggest thing was looking at the trends in my niche and doing my version of them. So there were certain images like tight, like you see the before and afters or like now it's videos and just, okay, how do I translate that to my brand and my voice and, you know, make as shareable content as possible. Okay. So that's a good tip. Like look at the trends in your industry and then do a branded your version of that. But it sounds like just posting twice a day and being on it all the time and creating tons of content is a big, was a big part of it too. Yeah. This is a full-time job for you at this point. Actually, no, I was still freelance. I was still freelancing, but you know, this is what I was doing most of the day. Yeah. (laughs) What were you freelancing as? I was doing, you know, I was working with you. Remember we were doing like like joint partnership brand ups. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I was, you know, kind of doing Instagram consulting for like lots of different clients, all kinds of different, you know, by the end I was doing like one hour consultation calls for like a couple hundred dollars. And that was, I had those lined up. Like I didn't I do bet. anything. I just was con- consulting. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. And did you stop doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So when I went full time with Burpee Lunch when we kicked off our subscription. So three months after our subscription launched, I was able to go full time and I stopped Instagram consulting. Wow. Okay. So tell us about that. I'd love to get your take on this too, because you had some very specific advice. And again, like advice from four years ago might mean absolutely nothing now on Instagram, but you had very specific advice, advice about price points and what you can sell and all of that. But what's working so well, it looks like from the outside, is that you are you're in a numbers game. You're selling something that is on average about $10 a month and it's a digital subscription and you're just looking for volume. So if so, you're getting paid by these subscriptions to then just be producing tons and tons of content. Is that right? Yep. 
Yep, absolutely. And that was, I tried different products with Instagram before because you're, you don't just get paid for having a lot of followers. You have to sell something. Yes. So I tried other products and they was like paying the rent. And then I decided to switch to the subscription model, which is $10 now. It was $8. And yeah, it, exactly. I sell every single day on Instagram. Every single day there are links to my product. And we have customers every day from Instagram. Wow, that's incredible. So you don't feel, I, I, again, this is my observation. You tell me, it's like, you don't, I think a lot of people are scared to pitch and sell on Instagram in posts, but you're creating so much free content and your price point is so low that it's like, it's like, okay. Like nobody see, nobody minds that you're pushing this. They're not like, oh, Talia, stop trying to make $10 from me every month because you're giving them so much. I mean, is that <laughs> part of it? Yeah, I think, a, I mean, a lot of people follow for the free stuff. And sure. also, you know, in a subscription, you have you have to continue selling to your subscribers. Like, you they do. don't just, it's not just one and done. You have to keep selling to them too. So I think the sales messages, are, like, are for them as well. Interesting. But yeah, we, we what do, you do mean? put out a Can lot you of free stuff. Tell me a little more about that. What do you mean you have to keep selling to them? Yeah, like, you have to continually give them a reason to stay on the subscription, you know, uh -huh. which is reminding them of the benefits and telling them what is coming next. So the sales stuff I do on Instagram every single day is really for potential customers and current customers and old customers for if they want to come back. Gotcha. So does you feel like you have to be making something new? You have to make it feel fresh all the time? I mean, yeah, yes and no. That, that's a beautiful thing about stories because they're only last for 24 hours. So a lot of people are not even seeing it the first few times that you say this. You could say the same thing over and over. Like I repurpose content constantly. I repost old photos. Like if they're six months old, I'll share it again. People also, I've seen people repost exact story. Like they just download the story from their archives and then just do it again. Like a few months later, the same, no, no changes. It's okay. Like you, do you are do that? a second in someone's day. They're not going to remember it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh gosh. I did that once very recently. And I was like, whoa, why am I not doing this? <laughs> of course, nobody remembers this dinky story I made eight months ago. And even if one person did, who cares? So that that helps you bulk it up, but you're still creating content from scratch all the time. Tell us a little bit about what that looks oh, yeah. like. Like, yeah. what does your day look like? What does your week look like? Because this is your full-time job. What What are you spending your time doing every week? Oh my God. Well, now I have a team. So they're helping me create content too. I oh, have nice. two recipe developers and they are taking photographs in the style of me, of my style, so I can use their photography and videos. I'm still creating the content myself, but I'm not the only person taking the pictures. And I probably batch it every few days. I used to be able to do like batch it on Monday for the whole week. Now with everything going on, I'm just like batching it every few days. And I try and make reels now, a lot of reels, and which takes longer. And um, I sit on Canva and I'm like dragging and dropping images, you know, and writing the text and I like, have a million drafts of what I want to say. I have a handy dandy Excel grid <laughs> with my content calendar where I put the topics every single day for like the quarter basically. And I change it, but I'll like plan out for like a whole quarter of like, okay, August is back to school month. So let's make sure we have like a back to school post every few days kind of thing. Gotcha. So you have a team. Congratulations. Oh my gosh. Yeah, your company you. is blossoming. So when did you decide to get the team? Oh yeah. I, I hired my first full-time person right before the pandemic. And then now we have, we have two full-time people and one part-time. So just it has to happen. I wrote nice. a book, you know, I wrote a cookbook. 
So I needed that to happen. I forgot. I saw that on Facebook. Wait, you wrote a cookbook. Tell me more about that. Yeah, it's coming out in March, 60 lunch recipes. And I'm working with the publisher and everything. You know, there I did the photography for it. And that was like a huge moment for me as a photographer. Wow. Yeah. It's it was a trip, but I couldn't like do anything on Instagram and stuff. Like while I was doing it, I was creating all this content for the book that I couldn't share anywhere, and it really hurt me. I think on it hurt my following or hurt like my social media presence, but worth it. (laughs) Right, because you had to create all this. You your time was split making this book. That's amazing. Congratulations. How did you get the publisher? People want to know. They reach out to me and I just, people have reached out to me over the years and you can tell like when it's like a scam. It's like, we want you to do 300 recipes for $5,000. And it's like, no, no one wants 300 recipes in a cookbook. Are you kidding? So this one definitely was more legit. I did my due diligence, asked around, make sure that other bloggers liked working with them. And I just, it was the right time. You know, the pandemic, this was still, this was early in the year. The pandemic was still kind of affecting life. And now I'm done and, you know, things are open. So it's nice. That's amazing. Okay, cool. So they reach out to you because you've got this incredible following and presence online. Yes, you can do a lot of things with that. You've also gotten a lot of press. Yeah, through Haro. Yeah, so I use Haro. That's Helper Reporter. Oh, you do? And then now people, yeah, people now do reach out to me just because if you search like meal prep or whatever, I'm going to come up on the first page, basically. I got featured in the New York Times from Haro. Like Haro's great. People are always like, it never works. Like, there's nothing ever anything good, but I'm sorry, but like you gotta stay on it. Now my my team stays on it for me, but <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that nice? But that's amazing, Talia, because no, I think the the lesson is also yes, it works. I've seen people just get a haro, you know, random placement, but when you respond to a haro reach out, they look at what you've got going on and they go, yeah, we want to hear from her. So I just think you're a a beautiful representation of somebody who made it happen, right? Like you built this platform, you built this authority. I I talk a lot about building authority. You built a ton of authority in a very specific, you went an inch wide and a mile deep on this very specific topic. You say the same top thing over and over again in a million different ways, right? You stick on lunch, you don't make dinner. Do you make? T- <laughs> you don't yeah, make- we do. We do. You do? We do oh, you breakfast, do. lunch, and dinner, but we don't do okay. like snacks, appetizers, desserts. Okay. <laughs> okay. But my my point, you don't do summer cocktails. Yeah. My point is, you are are super niche and specific, and you went all the way, and you took the time to build this following, and you hit a tipping point a couple of times where now people are reaching out to you, and that's really the beauty and the genius of building an authority brand or like building a following. And that's why it's so important for everyone to build a following because now you have opportunities. Like tell me a little bit about what kind of like maybe unexpected things have happened as you've grown this. Oh yeah. I mean, I think first of all, I want to say one thing about that. I want everyone yes. to know I did not know how to cook when I started. I had zero authority. Oh. Like you don't have to have oh. the expertise when you start. You, they can kind of go along with you. And that's basically what happened. Um, yeah, some cool opportunities. I mean, I've had like companies reach out to me to do like corporate workshops with meal prep as part of like wellness initiatives for their employees. I've wow. had, you know, been able to do events with my Instagram community like a few times, obviously pre pandemic, like we did a couple of events in New York and I got to meet people and like have host a cooking class for them. And that was so special. So there's a lot of different things I'm able to do. Like, you know, I had people test recipes in my cookbook through my Instagram. I've met people across the, the, you know, while traveling through Instagram. (laughs) Like, I know those are not necessarily professional wins, but it just shows like 
there's a lot of value in the community. Very cool. And so how did you, did anything that you did change, I should say, to go from, sorry to stick on the numbers, but like they're super impressive, to go from like 100,000 followers to like 300 and now 500,000 followers. Like what did, what changed about how you were showing up and what you were doing in order to make those leaps? And and were there kind of like places where you naturally plateau? Like you were saying right now, it's like inching up. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'll start like, okay, after a hundred K it took me another year to get to 200 and then like another year to get to 400. Like it really just did double. And then it kind of slowed down after that. But I think a big factor was just getting mentioned now it's a lot about getting mentioned by other pages and getting shared a a lot by people in my community who aren't necessarily you know influencers and people who do have big followings a lot of times like I'll get tagged by an account because a lot of their followers recommend me and like oh and like this you know so that is pretty that's that's pretty substantial for growth right now yeah getting mentioned in other publications has also helped again it's really just about getting mentioned at this point my reach for the post like has just not been very good. It just has tapered off now. So at this point, 500K, like I'm only really relying on other people to like talk about me to grow. Yeah, I I mean, we've definitely experienced that too. It's like, gosh, it's so hard to get things seen. What yeah. like that dropped off at some point. It's, I feel like it keeps dropping off. I remember the first dip which was like in 2017, 2018, where I was like, wait a second, these followers are, these uh, likes are now down like 90%, like overnight. Yeah. And it feels like it just kind of stayed that way. Like, do you have any ways of increasing people seeing your posts? I, I really think it's about shareability. It just has to be something people want to share with their friends or repost on their stories. That's really it. I, that's like the main way. Hashtags, I mean, I don't even know what's happening with them anymore. You know, that's just the truth. Like, I don't know. I don't know what works for hashtags anymore because they've changed so much. I do know that content has a long, longer life than it used to. Like, I posted a reel probably 10 days ago and now it's getting picked up. It got like no views. I didn't even post it on my feed or in my stories. I just posted onto reels. And now it's getting comments and like, like, okay, so people like this. They just didn't see it at first. You have to, I think the biggest thing with Instagram right now is you have to not get discouraged. You only can control what you're putting out there and you have to be willing to test and experiment different things because if you keep doing the same thing and getting mad at Instagram for not showing your content to people, you're never going to get anywhere. Right. Well, and also, it doesn't sound like you reach out to get people, do you ask people to share your stuff? Do you reach out to try to get kind of cross-promotional things or do you just kind of let it happen because you're the one with the followers in the room? So it's kind of easier right now. Right? No, I mean, it's true, right? If you'd only have like a thousand followers, then it's a lot harder to get seen. Right now, I don't, but I am developing a format for content to collaborate with experts in my field because I'm not a nutritionist. So I want to create a format of content that will allow me to like, kind of like a mini, maybe a mini podcast or like a mini something, video something where they, where my followers can ask them questions and they'll get the benefit of being in front of my audience and I'll get the benefit of having good information for my followers. Yeah. That sounds great. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And I love that you have this, Ben. Like, I don't know how to cook. I'm not a nutritionist. Okay. Well, (laughs) well, but even the idea, like I'm not a nutritionist. I wasn't a cook. Like I'm just doing something that everybody needs to do and I'm being smart about it and I'm sharing it. And that's kind of what makes it so appealing, I think, and like so relatable. And that's why people want more from you, Talia. 
Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I feel like I still have a lot more to say on this topic and I've been doing it for five years. So that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's nuts. Like, like what? Like, I mean, I know you're always developing new recipes, but like, where do you see taking it? So, okay, here's an idea that again, anyone can take this idea and apply it to their business. But a lot of people have very specific food things. For example, I'll get someone like, I'm a flight attendant and I don't know how to pack my lunch. So I want to do content where it's like specific to that situation. Like if you're a flight attendant, here's what I, a meal prep expert, suggest. If you're a truck driver, here's what I, and then that's really shareable because other flight attendants will see that. It's like very specific to that situation. That's like an idea that I have that I'm working on and just stuff like that. Like I just, there's so many different angles. And then you have all the stuff happening in the world. Like the pandemic gave us so much more content opportunities. Right. Yeah. What did you do? Because it's called work week lunch. And the kind of the concept, the way I think of it is make your lunches and take them to work with you. So, I mean, I guess you're just still eating it. (laughs) You just still have to to eat to the desk in your living room. Okay. (laughs) Right. I guess it doesn't really matter at all. You still want a meal prep. Yeah, that's good to hear. Okay. Well, that's cool. So what else, Talia? Like, it's been a long time. You're back in Queens. No, I'm in Seattle, girl. You're in Seattle? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, last I talked to you, you were moving to I know, Colorado. You were, like, you were like, I know, you were like, don't tell me where you are. Yeah, okay, gotcha. So you were in Colorado for a little while, snowboarding yes. with your man. Yes. And then what happened? Then we moved back to New York. Yeah. And then you went to Seattle. Yeah. When? Um, in October. Why? So almost a year. Nice. Yeah. How's your it's mom? She's good. She's just thriving. She actually is on her own Instagram journey right now, which is very fun. It's just, she's all, she's doing like a, a, a gray transition Instagram, which is like really, really fun to watch. And I've been helping her a lot because she's helped me so much in my business. Wait, what's her, what's her handle? It's just her name? Wait, is it private? Happy in Transit. Happy in Transit. Okay. I don't know. Look her up. Yeah, guys. So the reason that I know Talia is because her mom is like, your mom is like my my entrepreneurial spiritual guru. Like I think of your mom. Yeah. Well, I bet. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get just a little bit of that, Talia, because she was like my mentor. And then and just the way that your mom like owns. I got to have her on here. The way that she it's not so much that she's so successful. She's very successful in business. There's no doubt about that. But it's like the grace with which she is successful that I am like constantly trying to channel. And whenever I, I got this advice from somebody once, like whatever you want in business or however you want to be in your business, like pick somebody that does that so you can think about like, what would they do? And it's always your mom <laughs> for me. I'm always like, how would Daniela? She's really it. got that, that chilling. She lives in the middle of Manhattan, which is good, which is nuts. Yeah. She's been like your business coach? Yeah, she has been. I mean, like she actually just flew out here to do a session with me and like coach me and stuff. As you know, I'm like doing this work one thing, but just it's like, where are you where are you going with this? I'm like, I don't know. I just want to cook. <laughs> That's so amazing to have her in your corner. Yeah. And then to have you in her corner. She must be so proud of you. Comes full circle. <laughs> yeah, that's so beautiful. Is your brother an entrepreneur too? He is. He is doing entrepreneurial things in the crypto world. Oh, God. And we're all... I don't know. I know. It's like, okay, all right, do you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't really know or understand anything about that. No, but people who do can do very, very well there. When are you going to make an Instagram um, good strategy company? Because like, that's what we all need you for. <laughs> I don't want to do that because it it changes so much. That's why I stopped consulting. It just like 
And also you were a really good client, but not everyone as good as you, you know, like people don't listen to the advice and they get frustrated and then they blame you. And it's like, you have to try this. Also, I don't work for Instagram and I can't guarantee that anything works. You know, that's the other part of it. I kind of feel that training people on Instagram can be really tricky because we don't work for Instagram. We do not know, actually. We we think we know it works from our own experience. But at the end of the day, no one on Instagram being like, okay, here's the playbook of how you win, you know? So right. it's, it, that's why I don't, it's like if I made a, an ebook or a strategy, something or other, I would have to change it like every six months. Yeah, I think that's really important for people to hear. You know, from somebody who has grown an impressively large following on Instagram, like there is no playbook. And and not just that, everything that works for you is not necessarily going to work for somebody else with a different industry. Definitely not necessarily going to work for somebody with a different product at a different price point. So you, it's like everybody has to figure it out for themselves. If If that's the case, if there is nothing that definitely works, like you can say, oh, reels are hot right now. So definitely try reels or do reels. But but that's kind of the extent of it, right? It's not do this in reels. It's just do things with reels and try lots of stuff and test lots of things and figure out what's going to work for your people, right? I mean, it, what yeah, what are exactly. the, so what would you say are the core, like, if we can't be tactical about the advice, what's kind of the core, more conceptual advice that you would give people when they think about their Instagram? Yeah. It's like what I said in the beginning, you have to be loud about your opinions because it's what makes you stand out. There are so many people talking about business, but no one's talking about business the way you are on your Instagram, Pia. Like that's, that's just really? the truth. You have to really be I feel like they're all saying it now, Talia. I feel like <laughs> I, no, I feel like I was different you, for a moment. Different. That's sweet. Yeah, okay. no, you are. The, like seriously, they're all fakers. They're all just imitators. You heard it, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get imitators? Um, oh, oh, yeah. Right. People, I'll post something and then I'll see like so many people copy that format, which is like flattering and fine and whatever, but you know, it, it happens. It's okay. We all get ideas from each other. No one owns an idea of a format of content. Um, but yeah, you have, you, I think it's about being allowed about your opinions, showing up authentically. Like you're never going to see me dance in a reel pointing at the screen. I just do not do that. I'm never <laughs> going to do that. Like, I hate that. I hate it. So for me, it's cute for other yeah. people, but for me, it looked really yeah, awkward. Yeah, yeah. So like, like showing up in a way that like makes you feel yourself and you feel comfortable it's always gonna be a little uncomfortable, but like you don't have to be super uncomfortable on showing up on social. So I think those are the two biggest things, finding something you can be consistent in and sharing your opinion loudly. Like you might think all the things that you think are really obvious, but no one thinks like you. So put it out there. Mm, okay, that's so good. Can I ask, you have to show up though. I mean, you've got a company account, it's Workweek Lunch. It's a company logo, it's not your face but you're still in all of the stories, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, I now show my, the faces of my staff too, just so they can see there's other people there and it's not just me. Yeah. I mean, I show up when I can and that's the problem though. It's like, if I, I'm trying not to do it too much because I want to be able to extract myself completely one day and, you know, have someone else can do it. So it's hard because a lot of people will message me and say, I follow you because your personality. And I'm like, that's so great. But (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, okay. Okay. So that's actually, I'm glad you're saying that because building authority as a person requires you to show up and maybe 
and my feeling, and please contradict me if you disagree, my feeling is in the beginning, you have to show up. Like, how could you grow your following without you there? It would be this like faceless, nameless thing, and it would be much more generic. And I feel like there's kind of a like, in the beginning, it has to be heavy on the you, and then you can kind of slowly taper off and build the brand. There are two examples that I follow that I really like that have done mm-hmm. this really well. The first yeah. one is the financial diet. So they're like an online publication that talk about personal finance for millennial women. And Chelsea Fagan is the founder. And she was like all, it was just her blog, like general blog. Now she has a podcast, but like her social media person is the one that you see on stories or, or other people in her company. And she just shows up sometimes. The other one is YNAB, which is you need a budget. It's a budgeting app. I know these are both money examples, but you know, Jesse is like the founder and you, he has a podcast and you barely see him, but you see a lot of the other YNAB staff on stories and in the content and it works. They what? have, they still have a great presence. It's like YNAB, you need a budget. Why? Yeah, no, I'll definitely check those out. Yeah. So I, I think that's yeah. a really good, I think it's really good for people to, to think of that there are stages to the growth of your business and your authority brand, because I think it's, I keep telling people that if this was my experience, you know, I also hid behind worst of all design for a few years and I wrote the blog and there was not even a photo of me. It was a drawing that Steve had made. Actually, that's still on our website is this drawing that Steve made like 10 years ago. But I wrote the blog and I remember like a couple friends kind of emailing me at when they get my emails, my newsletter and saying like, I can hear your voice in these articles. They're great, right? So people who knew me, it was like, I'm listening, I'm reading Pia's words. But after three years of doing that, it was really showing up my face that put the words to a face and made people connect more. And I could just see the the rocket ship of attention that it brought to have a face. And yes, there are drawbacks to that because now, you know, I'm the one who shows up to give the information. But at the same time, okay, but I think after going a, a bit further, you can build you know, Tony Robbins, he's not the one showing up for everything. He shows up to be Tony Robbins and he has a whole staff and team. I'm not comparing myself to Tony Robbins. I'm just thinking of the first person I think of where it's like, it's definitely him, but he's got a whole team and staff that is actually built running the whole business and he gets to show up and be himself. So I just don't want people to be scared to show up. And in fact, I want to encourage them to show up. And I, I wanted your validation yeah, no, that it's, you need to. Yeah, I think it's important to show up also in the beginning to talk with your people on DMs and really get into their personalities. It's how it's like market research is how you figure out who your target customers are by talking to them on DM and and just, you know, again, getting to know them. That's how you create super fans, how you create loyalty is engaging in in DMs. So that really does matter in the beginning. Now, again, my staff shows up. So sometimes they'll be talking to someone that isn't me and they don't really care. They're just happy they're talking to my brand because we have yeah. so many followers. They still feel special. <laughs> right. Got you. Yeah. So you were DMing with people the whole time. Yeah. In the beginning, especially. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now too. Uh, I mean, for some, for a lot of them, I would, say, I would say 70% is still me. Gotcha. And what are you DMing about? So they'll tell me, they'll ask me questions. A lot of, a lot of recipe questions, kitchen troubleshooting, like, oh no, this looks weird. What do I do? <laughs> I'm like a kitchen hotline. And then also like their wins, their their questions about the program, I, you know, my subscription. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's like the bulk of it, you know, asking me questions like, oh, you mentioned you did this. Like, can you tell me more about that? Like, 
Gotcha. I, and I'm an extrovert. So I love like texting with hundreds of you people. You do. It's so fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people listening are like, that is not me. <laughs> but that's great to know. Okay. So, I mean, being an extrovert and being willing to put yourself and your face out there and talking to people, like that helped you grow your, your following a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of people are scared to do that and they don't realize that it's kind of necessary because you have to be connecting with people. W- w- what is everyone going to connect with? What are they following if you're not there? Totally. Hmm. Okay. Talia, do you have anything else that you could offer our listeners who are all like everybody, everybody wants to be a star on Instagram not necessarily with their face, but everybody is dying to know how to do it, how to how to get people to follow them and like them. There's so much BS now, right? There's so many follows just to sell you things. There's so many comments that are disingenuous. It's part of the playbook is to comment on other people's things. You know, I've done it. It's hard not to. It's like, how else do you connect with people to get this following? You know, what do you think yeah. about all of that? Oh, man. I think that it's just about being genuine. Follow people you genuinely want to engage with and that won't be commenting won't be an issue because you'll want to comment and you know support them or you know whatever. Like that I think is really huge. Like keeping your feed tailored to what you're actually interested in, what that relates to your business or whatever you're talking about. One, it builds community. Two, it shows you what the trends are and what people are talking about and will give you ideas. I think also, I think people get overwhelmed with content creation. So for example, video is like tough, but a video can also be a GIF and it can be like text animated on screen. It doesn't have to be like a video of you talking. It can be literally an animation with something. It doesn't have, it, it can be two seconds long. And that's still probably better right now than a photo. And, you know, we're going to say this is, you know, July 2021. <laughs> so if someone watches this in a year, who knows? Right. What will happen. But, you know, I think just remembering like it doesn't have to be super overproduced or you don't have to show up perfectly. Just show up and and you'll get and practice. It'll you'll get better as your following grows. Practice. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things that I learned from that article. And and we'll we'll link to your articles because you really break down in those articles. Like here's exactly how I spend my day and how many hours I spent like creating content and DMing and doing analytics and obsessively looking at the analytics and stuff. I think it's important for people to hear that because they they don't necessarily see the hard work that goes into building a following and building a presence, but they but they want one and then they do a little bit which is like, let's be honest, like 5% of what you're doing. And then they go, no, it doesn't work. Or I don't know the magic bullet. The magic bullet is showing up and showing up means spending time. It's time. Yeah, That's what Instagram yeah. wants. They want your time. <laughs> they want you to Definitely. be on their phone, yeah. on their app yeah. all the time. So if you're not willing to do that, then you're not going to likely build this huge following, but that doesn't mean it can't be helpful. So that's the part that like, I don't know, because you've kind of left this space to build your own and you have a certain thing going on. Like most of the people that I'm talking to are small service businesses. So to me, they don't need to build a huge following. They need to build a following of people that really like them because your clients, you're not selling $10 a month subscriptions. You're selling things that are hundreds, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of dollars. So if you just show up for your 800, 1200 people, that could be enough to really feed your business. Absolutely. I think that Instagram is almost like 
the new Google page for your business. I think people are more likely to look at your Instagram or Facebook or YouTube almost before they look at Google for your information on your business and like to see if you're active and see if this is still working. So yeah, I think that even if you only have 800 followers and your, you know, your price point is in the thousands of dollars, it's still worth being on Instagram a hundred percent. I've heard people getting clients with like as few as 200 followers for high ticket items, just because they like to hear what you have to say and all that, you know? And yeah, I think the goal really should be to get to 10,000 so that you can get your swipe up link. That's it. After that though, who cares? Like, that's 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 why I've sat at like eleven or twelve thousand for years. Like all I wanted was the ten thousand swipe up, <laughs> and then I was like, I'm so done with this. I like that idea of uh, the concept of like it being your Google. It's almost another website, and thinking of it like that. Like, what do I like? If someone's checking me out, what should this look like? It needs to be current. And it needs to have my main ideas here. My main thing that this yeah. is what I do. This is what I'm known for. And as if you're not like actively trying to grow it, then you just want to maintain it like that so that you can then use it as a, another website. And don't like be so, I don't know, anxious. I just see a lot of people feeling very anxious about it. Like it's not going well. And it's like, it's not going well yeah. for anyone unless they're really putting the time into it. And I guess that's the bubble that I wanted you to pop for everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. If you want an Instagram following that's really big, you need to know why you want it and how it's going to translate into money. Definitely. Okay. And it Go helps ahead. to have a topic that everyone, you know, like food is easy. Useful. Everyone like, eats. Not, yes. you know, I would say if like you're a plumber or like, I don't know, <laughs> there are some businesses that are exempt from Instagram and you don't necessarily have to, you know, be on there because your audience isn't there. So you'll, you'll get to, you can get to a big following if you're in fashion, travel, food, parenting, dating, psychology, like all these like big mushy topics. But like any I think I think business growth and personal finance too, absolutely. But there's some things where just like your customers probably aren't here. <laughs> you know? Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good to know too. So just manage expectations. Like what's possible with this account and what's happening. And there are people who have lots of followers and are not necessarily capitalizing on it. So with that note, before you leave us, Talia, will you tell us what is in this subscription that you sell? Yeah, absolutely. We do weekly meal plans with recipes and a grocery list. We have a website that where you can like customize your own meal plan and, and auto-generate your grocery list. We don't send food. Everyone thinks that when I talk about my business that we send food. We just send you like the plan grocery list. You shop and cook at home, but we make the planning really easy. So that's that's what we get. We do in the program. We're the only one that is not for weight loss. So we are eating disorder, recovery friendly. We obviously have healthy food. We're just not counting calories over here. So if you want to join us for that, we're here. I love it. I think everybody needs that. I had to make my own little like duplicate shopping list that we just like buy the same thing every Tuesday and Saturday because it was like, this is too much to every time I go to Whole Foods, I'm like, I could literally make yeah. anything. <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed by it. Yeah, exactly. It's too many decisions. Just too many decisions. We just cut down on that decision fatigue for you. Cut down on the decision fatigue. That's a great positioning. Amazing, mm -hmm. Talia. Thank you so, so much for coming on. It's been so good catching up and just congratulations a million times. I'm so proud of you and so proud to have watched this amazing growth trajectory that you've been on. I cannot wait to buy your book. I cannot wait to see you on the morning shows more and more as I'm sure you're like the perfect person for the morning shows, <laughs> like the, the press. So, I'll get there eventually. Yeah. 
I, I know you will. Yeah, I bet. I bet you will. Yeah. I'm just so excited for you. And yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me on. This is so fun. I never get to talk about this anymore. So because I'm always talking about like food stuff now. So this is really (laughs) fun for me. (laughs) To find out more about Talia and Workweek Lunch, follow her on Instagram, duh, at Workweek Lunch. And you can also go check out her blog at taliacoran.com, where she breaks down her day-to-day schedule to get 100,000 followers in much more detail. I will link to all of this in the show notes at piasilva.com backslash podcast. Taking inspiration from Talia today, are you thinking about your own marketing journey a little bit differently now? I know we all want that secret weapon to get attention and sales without time and effort, but I think we've all seen time and again that, yes, you can do it smarter. You can approach it like Talia did and try things and track and be obsessed with the analytics. And it's still going to take effort if you want these kinds of results. But the beautiful thing is that then you will have built a business that you love, making the money you want. And then even better, all kinds of opportunities will start coming to you. Do you want to publish a book? Would you like to be featured in press? Take the time now to build your authority and following like Talia did. And publishers will reach out to you press will reach out to you. They want to know what you think. And that's why building authority is a cornerstone strategy for anyone who wants to show their business who's boss. Show Your Business Who's Boss is produced by Yellow House Media. Production coordinator is Lou Blazer. This episode is edited by Marty Seafelt. Creative direction by Steve Wasterval. Our theme music is Glass Prisms by Western Runners. 